This is Psychic Warfare. Welcome back, my friends, to Psychic Warfare, the podcast where spirituality and philosophy collide with heavy metal and rock and roll. I am your host, Chris Keelick, and thank you so much for joining me once again on another journey into the lives and minds of the most iconic musicians in heavy music. Just as a reminder, if you enjoy the podcast and these conversations with the artists you love, it would mean the world if you subscribed and followed the podcast on your platform of choice. Also, you can follow me and the show at Pod on Twitter and at Psychic Warfare Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. So if you get a chance, follow the show there for updates and happenings on all things Psychic Warfare. This week, Knox Colby, vocalist of Crossover Thrash Brutalizers Enforced, one of the most exciting bands to emerge in the subgenre in recent years, joins the show today. Enforce dropped their last record, Kill Grid, to a huge amount of acclaim from fans and critics and are preparing to release their new full-length record, War Remains, on April 28th. The band has consistently shown their dedication to the power of a simple but, but potently powerful riff and are living, breathing incarnations of the vibrant, energetic power of primal thrash metal that just makes you want to fucking bang your head and move. And if their new single, Ultraviolence, which you guys can find and download now wherever you get music digitally, is any indication of the album to follow, it's going to fucking rip. But that's par for the course with these guys, so please don't wait any longer if you have not heard them yet. Knox, welcome to the Psychic Warfare podcast, and it's a pleasure to have you here today. My mother has never said such nice things. <laughs> like, <laughs> you called me an icon. Like, good God. Hey, you know <laughs> that what? That is so... That's so heartwarming. Don't view yourself anything as anything less than what you are, which is an icon and a superstar. So how are you? How how that's are a, you? How that's are ridiculous. you? You know, that's not ridiculous. How are you feeling today, Knox? How are you feeling at this moment in time, mentally, right physically, now and spiritually? Great. After that <laughs> intro, I feel great. Oh my goodness. Um doing fine. Uh you know, we were talking a little bit earlier, like we've got a lot on the uh docket the band does for the rest of the month with uh, music videos and everything so thanks for kind of working with our schedule to get this done because i really wanted to do it oh absolutely no i got you i mean i was so excited you know to hear back from you and to that you were interested in this uh i'm always stoked to talk to artists that inspire me and you know you guys have ever since i heard kill grade which is a fantastic record and you know how this goes you. you have listened to a few episodes of this so i'm gonna lead right into it so Knox. What was your spiritual upbringing like? You got you grew up in in the Richmond, Virginia area. Did you grow up in a household that held a certain faith, or was spirituality something personal that you developed and discovered over time on your own? It ha it has changed. I grew up. Um, my dad was in the Coast Guard all growing up. He's since uh, retired, but still works in the same capacity as a, a civilian. So I kind of hopped all over the place growing up. I think I lived in about five or six different places. Finally, uh, graduated high school in Chesapeake, Virginia, and moved to Richmond, uh, as many do, uh, strictly to go to hardcore shows because the, the the hardcore scene in Richmond at the time was just exploding. And mm. like, if there was like a, a touring act, like a touring hardcore band or a punk band, like they're playing Richmond and like it's going to be a great show. So, of course, I go to college and the in VCU that's in Richmond. But it's all under the guise of, I just want to see more shows. I just want to see how wild it can actually get. Uh, and it got pretty wild at times. But in terms of a uh, spiritual household, we grew up, I think we started 
going to church. We I've always gone to church growing. I always always went to church growing up, and I believe we went from Presbyterian and then changed to Methodist. I think while we lived in Minnesota. Okay. Yeah, because there wasn't really a Presbyterian church, but there was a really I would I would say the experience was positive, a really good um Methodist church. And cool. so we've just been going they everyone's been going to Methodist churches since. My dad has recently gone back to going to Presbyterian. Uh because apparently it's the closest to, to like Catholic church, but it's Protestant. But it has the most probably so, like ritualistic kind of element to it. Like yeah, it, yeah. Church does. Mm-hmm. It's very orderly. I, I've only gone, you know, a handful of times. Um, you know, I'll go with I'll go with my mom on Easter because it's important to her. Stuff like that. But like, I'm not really I'm not going, you know, every week. Yeah, no, I got you. And so, you know, what do you find yourself believing in at, at this point in your life, at your current age that kind of guides how you view the world and how you carry yourself in it? Like what feels what feels most true to you in terms of like what you believe or any spiritual or philosophical beliefs that you hold? I've been trying to figure that out for 10 years. <laughs> um, I mean, I've, I've really gotten into, I've been into Stoic philosophy. I've been into nice. Carl Jung. Uh, I was just reading an excerpt of uh, his red book, uh, Joseph Campbell and, you know, anthropology and, you know, kind of dissecting mysticism and stuff like that. I find that fascinating, but it also is, especially with stoicism, uh, I can pick up, you know, meditations and just, if I feel like frazzled, I can just read, you know, a couple chapters of that and I'll feel a lot more grounded. Yeah. Um, and it always helps. Like, I mean, no shame, no knocking anybody, but you know, the Bible's never helped me like Marcus Aurelius did for five in five pages. Hell yeah, I can relate. I can relate. And we were just talking about uh, Ryan Holiday last week on the show, who's an yeah. amazing Stoic author. So y'all should check him out for sure. But I'm curious, you know what what led you there? Like, are these things that you kind of were experimenting Fear. with and picked up over over time, or was it just like did you did they, did they kind of just fall into your lap kind of by accident or were you kind of consciously seeking out going here and there trying to find something that kind of like made you feel better than the way you know maybe organized religion growing up made you feel or something like that yeah it it was it was based out of fear um or just loneliness or i i don't i can, i don't i don't really know how to describe it yeah. um at the time when i first picked up my first first copy of meditations that's the first one i read I was living in uh, Taiwan at the time. Wow. Uh, teaching English. And it's so far removed. I mean, the culture is fantastic and it's incredible. But at the same time, it's like I need to find something like that I can do at home. That's like very Western. Like I need and I, I have a history degree. So I'm, I'm curious. Like I'm, I'm curious about a lot of things throughout history or through the timeline. But I just, it's just one like little note I'd never, this is a button I've never pushed. So I was randomly walking through a Barnes and Noble in Taiwan and like, I couldn't read any of it, but they had a one like English section and it was all like very baseline cultural things. And I saw meditations and I was like, I read like four or five pages. I was like, that sounds like a good read. Like I could get a lot out of that. And yeah, general life. So like, it was just it was just spontaneous. Like you just saw it, and you just had the kind of the the feeling that you're like, I should probably just check this out. Yeah, I just want to reconnect, like 
in some way. Like I'm, I'm trying to connect with all these children who like are terrified of me because I've got a big beard right. and like kind of portly, got long hair uh, that, that I quickly caught to like super prim and proper because people would react very oddly to you mm. and just kind of, you know, got my act together. And yeah, it just, I don't know. It just, it, it works for me. What was it that you read in, in meditations? Like what was it about, what is it about stoicism and the, and the, the principles that the stoics believe in and how to kind of conduct yourself day to day? Yeah. That you have no control over outside forces. And that's something as a, I think as a younger person, that's all I was trying to do yeah. was to try and, you know, push and twist and control the world around me. And that's just not how it works. Like you can't, you can't do that. Like yeah. I can't control what my neighbors do. I can't control what the guy working at the gas station does. Like it just took a lot of pressure off Yeah. of like, of, of trying to be this ideal human for everybody. It's just like, you know, just find the way and find the, like the good path and just stay on it. And, you know, none of it really matters. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Truly. It's, it's, it's a, it's a really cool philosophy, not just because it, it's very practical and it's steps that you can concretely implement very quickly and, and simply, simply in quotation marks. I mean, it'll, everything will take practice, but yeah. And this, but it's also really cool in the sense that a lot of it is like very empathy grounded and rooted in the sense of if someone is behaving a certain way it doesn't you know their their behavior isn't necessarily excused but it kind of it, it makes you kind of ask the question or 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 kind of take a step back in your own mind and think yeah. i have no idea what's going on in their life right now that's causing them to react this way and I, again i can't control that but i can and, kind but of to, yeah but to even assume anything is false yeah like exactly you can't even assume like i mean you can think whatever you want about the guy that works at the gas station but you you really don't know. You have no idea what he's going through. But, you know, professionally, personally, family, like he's probably just under the same amount of weight of pressure that you are. Yeah. And to perform and execute life in a certain way. Yeah. Uh, to meet everyone's expectations. So cut everyone some slack and just leave them alone. Yeah. Just leave them alone. Yeah. And it's, uh, it, it really is like kind of yeah grounding yourself in that regard and you were talking about hate and anger and 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 fear sounds like star wars stuff right now yeah but yeah you know, no, i want to hate it Ooh. yeah i i mean uh, talking about fear fear-based thinking and behavior you know i definitely want to start with talking about kill grid and the songs off of it since you know sure. chronologically that comes first and i want to start with the song hemorrhage and these three lines are my favorite in the song. It's the world runs on hate and fear is buying. What if I can't relate? Is my life a lie then? And I wrote, you know, the question I wrote after I was kind of revisiting these songs was what were you feeling internally when you wrote those lines? Because I've talked a lot about in this podcast, witnessing just how much we operate based on fear in this world. And obviously you feel the same. You know, what do you think? What do you think the deepest fears are that guide people to make decisions that end up harming others and themselves? Because you do mention self-preservation in the song as a driving force for the people that you're observing. But are you questioning whether that fear and hate is the ultimate fate of us, of like humanity, or whether you're deluding yourself through a sense of hope by being like, I don't relate to this kind of feeling when you wrote those lines? That's a really good question. Uh, 
that's pretty cool. Thank you for even asking the question. Oh, that's um, <laughs> my pleasure. The um, basically where I was coming from is that hate and fear is a driving force for action because it's quick to act, it's quick to assume, it's quick to judge, and it's quick to get things done. Mm. Um, whereas love and empathy and you know questioning everyone takes time uh and people don't really seem to have that much time on their hands anymore to really sit and think about something and so that's basically the the brain bleed of like a hemorrhage it was like you're you're killing yourself by wanting all these things done immediately when these the problems that you're going through are going to take a lifetime maybe two generations to even like properly address and you but you want it now and life has never worked like that but with the like how fast the world has become it's obvious to assume that something like actions can can get done quicker so that's kind of the, it's the push and pull of action and inaction but there's no real inaction it just takes time to do things the right way yeah is self-preservation is that is that a driving force? Because you specifically mentioned that. Do you think people are driven kind of out of this sense of ego for yes their, their own lives and themselves? And their, and I mean, not that you shouldn't care about your family, but sometimes it's like, I only care about me and mine. And that I think that is to a certain degree, a large, a large part of the ego, even if it is, you know, even, even if families are important to care about. Right. But th- you'll never get any sense of community if all right. you care about is you and yours. Yeah. And I right. mean... I've been going to, you know, hardcore punk and metal shows since I was 13. Like I have a pretty good gist of what a community looks like that that's basically done by itself for itself of itself. And if you don't contribute, then it all goes away. So you need to consistently be a part of some community in some capacity in order to, you know, make change or right. to sustain and it's not necessarily about you singular the singular uh, the singular you it's about the collective body that I, that means a lot i agree i think that's kind of i i think i've spoken about this also before just i think that i think you really hit on it i think that's that's the way of thinking that has led to a lot of you know a lot of the turmoil that we suffer through is you know not seeing the collective humanity between each other. Are you, are you hopeful about it? Cause you know, are no, you hopeful? No, that... I, <laughs> are hate, you hope... hope is a, hope is a curse word. I, no, hope mm. is a terrible, terrible word. Hope is a disease. Like it doesn't change anything. It only leads to like higher expectations right. and then a higher, it just, a, but a jump from a higher fall. Yeah. I was going to say, do you, think, do you think you're, when they you... aren't met, it's a dirty word for you because it bre- it kind of breeds a sense of inaction. It's like, oh, I can just hope yeah. about it instead of like taking yeah. concrete steps to fix something. It yeah, it breeds just like, well, I hoped and I well, that's why I hate like hope and prayers. You're just like, you okay, you're off the hook. Cool. Like you didn't have to do a damn thing, did you? Like like especially with like the earthquakes that happened recently and you know that big explosion in Lebanon a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Just like, oh, let's just send in our hopes and prayers. You're just like Yo, go there and rebuild it, or send like some type of aid and tangible resources. Yeah, like do do something, or 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 else shut shut up. Just you don't actually care. That's just a quick way to be like, I kind of care. This is a concrete world where in a you got to put your money where your mouth is. If anything, you know, if anything needs to, everything has to change, or anything it needs to be changed, and. 
you know, I, going off of this kind of this lack of seeing the humanity in each other, and that's what breeds a lot of the the issues. In the song Trespasser off Kilgrid, I I love this passage. The lyrics are no wall between, no power against, no strength of soul, the will of self, no half restrained, no coward condoned, the weak eight hole, forfeit yourself. Are you speaking about how to dig ourselves out of the mass hatred and division in a larger sense, kind of the man-made crises of the world? And the way to do that is we have to kind of surrender ourselves and cast yeah, it aside. And you have to have a strong spirit and will within yourself in order to look at yourself in that way and recognize like, hey, I'm leading ego first here. I'm not seeing the collective humanity between people. Yeah, you thought about it a lot, did you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly, I took that line um, or the no wall restrained part, the will of self, that whole passage is actually uh i'm a huge lord of the rings fan that um that passage is is engraved on uh the battering ram grand like the big flaming wolf the fucking wolf thing yeah, i remember that shit. yes <laughs> the, but like that whole passage is inscribed on it but instead of the will of self it's the will of grand so it's just like you're gonna submit to the change that i am enforcing but I, instead of doing, instead of it's like, well, that's not what I mean. What I really mean is, is of myself or yourself. Yeah. So I just swapped it to self and it made more sense of, to the point I was trying to explain. And then no harm restrained, no coward condoned, like forfeit your, uh, forfeit yourself. It's like, yes, you have to, you are going to have to make extreme changes in order to see like the benefits of of those changes like it doesn't come passively none of this comes passively you're going to go through you know if trying to change your entire persona or your whole self that's a that's a fight that's a huge fight and it's not done quickly and easily you're really gonna have to struggle and go through some shit so like it feels as if <laughs> there's a flaming wolf battering ram at the door of your head trying to break you. And it, so you need to let it happen. Like yeah. you need to give up. Yeah, that's a very it's a very Eastern way of thinking to the surrendering of yourself to just the way it's very Taoist as well. Kind of the, the Tao, the, well, way, was, the flow was, of things. Yeah, we 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 walked right into it. I, I going living in Taiwan. I got really into Taoism. Hell yeah. And then when I came upon uh, meditations, I was like, damn, there are so many similarities between this oh. and the uh, Taoism. It's amazing, isn't it? Amazing how, how, how you so read something I written to... at completely different times on opposite sides of the world. And you're just like, these guys nailed it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they figured it out. Um, so, yeah, I got really into like Taoist philosophers and uh, Stoic philosophers and can kind of compare and contrast, especially for Kilgrid. I did that a lot, like just comparing and contrasting and kind of getting like a uniform sense of, of what both are trying to convey and use that as like a quote unquote world narrative. If that makes any sense. No, it makes total sense to me. Because I mean, different times, different places. I know message. It's like, really the, the 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 thread that runs through the philosophers and and spiritual spiritual figures that have kind of guided my life is it's staggering to kind of like take a step back and look at just how much in common, you know, all the 
I think a lot, all pretty much all of the great spiritual leaders mostly have in common, but especially like things like in my life, transcendentalism, stoicism, uh, Zen Buddhism, all that stuff. It's amazing how, how connected it is. And I'm sure obviously you've, you've kind of hit upon that as well in a big way. And that's kind of impacted your life a lot. Yeah. Um, it's, it's changed my way of thinking to the sense of like, I am far more interested in finding similarities between very different places and very different cultures and different times. And you can weave threads throughout them. And I guess if we want to keep continuing the uh, metaphor, oh please, you can, you can build this like world timeline hu- human blanket that ties us all together. And I, I find that far more imaginative. I mean, in this day and age, it seems very fantasy to even try and do such a thing. But it, it is some, it's something that I constantly do. Like, I, I want to see how we can all, how we're all connected rather than like, oh, they're different. Yeah. And so it should be ignored. Yeah, exactly. And, and one thing I'd like to talk about and touch on in this podcast is kind of practical things, because I think a lot of my hope for this is that, you know, anybody listening who may not feel like they're something in their life just isn't kind of lining up or they may, they want to try something new. Things haven't been working for them in terms of what they believe or they don't know what they believe, but sometimes it feels overwhelming to kind of, they, they're like, I don't know where to start or like, I don't know what practical steps I can take. And we're talking about people don't have time. They need to take time, set it right. aside, be a part of a community. You need to, you know, don't view people as, as the other, see the common humanity in, in everyone. And that will inform more empathetic driven decisions what for you is the first, what are the first things that come to your mind that if you were just going to anywhere, a show, you just met up with some people and you know, you, you know what you believe in and they're interested. They're like, you know, man, something's not lining up in my life. I need to kind of take some concrete steps that aren't too overwhelming. Cause obviously we're overwhelmed in this anxiety, you know, filled world and people are uh-huh. dealing with everything. What are things that are very kind of like, I hesitate to use the word simple, but small things that people can implement to kind of change change a way of thinking that it can it can impact the greater whole of the world even if it's just a, a small step to change yourself first well the first thing i do it the one thing i noticed when you asked the question is that it's like things that people need to do granted yeah they need to do them but they also have to want to do them you have to want to do this mm. um so that's a huge 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 barrier that a lot of people even when it comes to, you know, drug addiction or alcoholism or, or, or smoking cessation or anything or changing their life, like you have to want to do it first, even though you, you know you need to do it, but no one's going to make you want it. That's the problem. Yeah. So you want to make you need to want it. That's probably the biggest thing. The biggest and then, obstacle, yeah. yeah. And then once once you want it then everything else will fall into place very naturally because the, the obstacles and steps needed to needed to be taken will present themselves and you want to do it. So you'll, you'll barrel right through it. No problem. And and you'll find the solutions along the way and you'll, that's just called learning. (laughs) You just learn it. Yeah, exactly. And this is a hard question and I don't think there's a right answer. I don't think there, I don't even know if there is an answer period. And I, I know I, it's kind of touching on what we talked about earlier, but I think it's a different question a little bit altogether. And it, it, this could be narrowed down to a million things. But in your mind, from your life experience, 
why don't people want it? Why don't a lot of people want it? Is it just because it's easy to live in a certain way? Is it because I know we talked about fear, but what, what is the what is the obstacle that prevents people from wanting that? Habit and complacency. You can't you can't change or you can change, but in your head, you can't change and you don't want to change because your life will drastically change. You won't have the, the same friends. You'll probably cut out family members. You'll lose all, the, the fear of losing everything by making these for you positive constructive steps and probably cutting a lot of people out of your life for the sake of your own foundation and health and benefit. I don't think people want to do that. And then once you stop wanting it, that's when the false sense of, oh, that's X, Y, and Z. It reasons why you can't, I can't do it. Right. Yeah. It's like, you can, you can kind of do whatever you want, man. It's the, it's the, it's the quote, everything you've ever wanted lies on the other side of fear. Right. It's, yeah, it's, 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 true. it's, 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 you're, you, it's, you gotta be Indiana Jones. I can't believe I'm making an Indiana Jones reference in, in last crusade. And that last challenge when he's got to step, he's got to take the, he's got to take the first step into the chasm of nothingness. And then it turns out there is, there is support there. I think people don't realize that there is, that there is invisible support there. You will find people, you will find friends again. You will find newfound joy and happiness within yourself and you'll find joy in the world around you because you'll see the common humanity in people instead of isolating yourself through through hate and yeah fear. and, and he, he reaches eternal life yeah you won't be sheltered and you'll you'll find especially with let's just go on the thread of like support groups like aa or something like that people are going through very similar things that you are and you just don't realize it because you're so sheltered if you went and actually like met all of these people you would once again, find a community that you would want to be a part of. And then once again, want to want something like want change because you have a community to support. It's not a dub, but it's, n- it's no longer about you. You're casting, so ego, it, you're, you're casting ego aside again, because always embracing, embracing the community aspect, it becomes about kind of the, for the, not just the good of your, of yourself becomes the good of the collective at the same time. Right. Making yourself better helps everyone else. Exactly. I mean, that's a very foundational. It seems very simple and very obvious because it is, but I don't think anyone's thinking like that or thinking of that. Yeah, and, at the, when, and they, at the, when it comes to like bigger decisions. Yeah, and yet at the same time, you have you have a certain degree. At least I do, a certain degree of empathy for people that struggle to to want or to to find the impetus to want to change things because it is scary and it is hard like the best things in life come like i said everything you want is on the other side of fear and it is you know it may be one of the biggest steps you've ever taken and you know that's not nothing yeah it is very scary. i mean i can i can i can speak volumes on that like we uh we finished up the our last tour like a week before christmas and i had lost my job prior to us going on tour so wow. i came back with like okay now what? And then, you know, I, I thought about it for a couple of days, realizing that, like, you know, if I want to do the thing I want to do, you know, be in this band and tour and, you know, travel the globe and meet tons of people, then I can't have a job, <laughs> at least not with some yeah. someone else, yeah. because they're going to fire me for being <laughs> out for four or five months out of the year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? Screw it. Like. I'm going to start my own business and I did. And now I'm a licensed and insured, uh, 
contractor, pretty much like a general contractor. Yep. And it's oh, so it's so frustrating and scary. Every day is is fucking terrifying. I'm having the time of my life doing it wow. because I've powerful. So I'm so scared, but it's up to me to to do it. Only me. I'm the only employee. It's just me. So if you fail, like that's on you. Yeah. Your fate is in your hands. At <laughs> yeah. That, at it's not point. like, oh, the company got bought out and, you know, blah, blah, blah. They had to make some cuts. It's just, no, it's me. And if I, I can't, I cannot, I, I, I basically gave myself like a survival test of like, yeah. do it. Like you have to do it. You have to survive. This is what you have to do. Pull the trigger. So I did. And uh, I paid, I paid rent. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing about a month and a half in, like doing pretty good. Yeah, so far so good, man. You're so you, far so good. You're cool. the you're the, you're at the helm. You're the captain of your own life, of the yeah. ship of your life, and that that's got to be that's got to be. It's a powerful, yeah, Captain a, a powerful Charlie feeling. Just, yeah. I Captain Charlie'd my life. I'm the captain now. <laughs> look of, at me. You looked me. yourself in the mirror and you said, "Look at me. I'm the captain now." And it was it was even funnier is that the place that fired me put me back on as a subcontractor or like a vendor if they ever need anything. Damn. So I was like, "Great, I kind of half got my job back." Funny. <laughs> funny how life. Funny how life kind of unfolds that. Just way. the way it is. Yeah, it's, it's just life, man. It's just yeah. funny how that works. And they were happy as hell to have me back, but it, like you know, in a different capacity that I could get paid a lot better. And so I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with the decision I made. But you, you still, again, I am terrified when I wake up every morning. <laughs> you, you followed your bliss, as Joseph Campbell would say. You followed your bliss, and he says, absolutely, when, when you, when you follow your bliss, he says the waters of eternal life are right there. Meaning, like right at your feet, right there. I'm very, uh, no, I know. I have keep follow your bliss in the back of my head, probably fifteen times a day, when I'm just like, oh, this is not, this is not a good idea. Like, you need to go get a job, and I'm just like, nope, too late. The thing is, you know, you, you know how you insurance. feel. Yeah, you you know how you feel. I think that's the thing that, you know, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. It's like things are judged so much by others, but you know, as long as you're not like hurting anybody. But if it's something that brings joy to your life that doesn't hurt anybody and you know how it makes you feel and brings you joy, then absolutely like that is the direction you should be going in. You know, I think that I think that the, the problem is like identifying, you know, what does and what doesn't hurt people. You In that sense, you do have to cast ego aside like we've been talking about. Yeah. And just for a little bit of backstory, like I've been doing apartment maintenance for like property management companies and stuff. Ten probably 10, 11 years, I think 11 years this year. And you have to get rid of your ego to do that. Like, and you, there's so many dudes that just do it the wrong way. Yeah. Like they, and that's why you get, you know, people living in slums is because the technicians just refuse to, to go into, you know, terrible places and, but to do the right thing, they won't do it. And I have no problem. Like, if someone needs help, you help them. It's pretty easy. And like, yeah, will it unsettle you? Is it disturbing at times? Yeah, absolutely. But you can rest at night knowing that you help someone who truly needed help. And even like, you know, going to and like stopping a flood at like three o'clock in the morning on Saturday <laughs> after you, you know, had a few the night before and you get woken up, you got to do it. You're you're the you're their like guardian angel at that moment in time. You yeah. have to do it. 
I, I admire that so much about that, that you do that. And it reminds me of my wife because my wife is a, a mortician and she gets woken up at like, you know, at all, all hours of the morning to, yeah. go, you know, to pick up bodies and, you know, comfort families as, at least as much as she can within the purview of her job, you know, in, in that kind of yeah. practical pa- capacity, but she loves it. And she is, she was born to do this. It was a calling for her. And uh, I just, I admire the shit out of that because it's just the, the way that she's helping people that in their, in probably one of the most dire moments of their life is uh, yeah. just incredibly admirable to me. Yeah. And, especially when everyone's just so like emotionally crushed to like be that support beam, like at that ex- exact moment is crucial. Um, I remember uh, my, I've only had to deal with a mortician face to face once uh, when my grandmother passed, she was living with my mom at the time and she called me and was like, Hey, she's gone. So I came over and I was helping her with stuff. And she's like, well, the morticians are going to be here in 15 minutes. And I, I mean, had having never been around morticians, I didn't know what to expect. So I was extremely defensive because I didn't know, I didn't know how the, how it was going to go. Right. Like what are the, what's the process? I was just ignorant to the entire thing. Yeah. Yeah, and, me too. Uh, and it was like four o'clock in the morning. So I get over there and, uh, helping her and two guys in like morning suits, like funeral, just black. Right. We're just like, Hey, we're here to take care of everything. I said, okay. And before even doing anything with the body, like stat me and my mom down and like comforted us and told us like every step of the way, how everything's going to proceed. So we knew how everything's going to go and what to expect. Which That's was really like, great. I was just like, okay, well, like now it seems more procedural than anything. I kind of took my head out of the, all of the emotion. Of so I was yeah. like, okay, yeah, well, then ABCDE is going to happen. And okay, I know what to expect. And now I don't feel nearly as bad because it's not, it's no longer a question yeah. with no answer. It's, this is what happens. And you tied it back in. That's what community can do because I think that's the other Thank fear. Thank you. The fear it's of the fe- constant cycle, cyclical, everything was tied together. Fear of the unknown. Fear of the unknown is one of the greatest fears that that we have. Like fear, it could be a fear of the unknown of anything, any outcome. And community can, when you surround yourself with people that can, even if they don't have the direct answer, they can guide you to, you know, a certain spiritual or moral answer that works for them or something like yeah. that. Like that, that, that all goes to help serving and quelling the fear of the unknown for those big steps you take or those big things that happen. And after you see like, or sense a pattern, you can't get away from it because it's always going to be nagging at you. And it's what Jung calls the um, spirit of the depths. It's something that connects all of us and it connects everyone through time and space. And it's as big as the, as the solar system and as, as small as the space between two cells. It's just, it just is. And it's as very like opaque and nonsensical, like a shadow that can't even right. exist. Almost elemental. On its, on its own. But it's also, it's also the image of God. Like it's everything. Like that's cool as hell. Also a dope that? album cover, by the way, or a dope album name. If you decide to call an album shadow of the depths, uh, the kill, this is the last question I had about kill grid about the song gods yeah. beneath me, because People feel, you know, going beyond the human capacity for things, people feel kind of guided by the divine, you know, it's just spirituality. Mm -hmm. And again, if you're not hurting anybody or doing anything to harm anyone or yourself, then more power to you if that's what brings you joy in your life and community. Yeah. But 
you know, the line in, in the line of God's beneath me in the song beneath me on Kilgrid, uh, it reminds me of that Stephen Fry interview where he speaks about what he'd say to God if God if a God does exist once he reaches the afterlife, and where he basically states that like if there is a God, he's obviously monstrous for allowing such suffering in so many innocent people. And how how have you grappled with the concept of the divine in your life, or has it always been a concept that kind of I mean you did go to church, but as you got older, did it seem to be a concept that seemed kind of foolishly naive and obviously contradictory in your life? Like to you, have you always been mostly concerned with finding God within yourself, in the sense of making yourself as good of a person to as many people around you as possible, and kind of radiating benevolence in your words and actions? I guess the answer would be yes, because you love Stoicism and Taoism and things like that. I would disagree with Stephen Fry. You have to look at it from a Hindu mystic or like yogi perspective of if this world is perfect and this is like created uh, for us, like by others, right? be that divinity or whatever. And all this bad is happening or what is perceived morally bad. Is that good? And the answer, which a lot of people don't want to think about, is yes the answer is you have to take good with the bad yeah it's it's all perfect it just is it just is and that's kind of what ties into like even the song war remains i'm just like there's no getting around it people are going to fight people forever even when it comes to disagreements when it comes to arguments when it comes to any type of like festering feeling it's going to explode and people's lives will be lost over anything petty shit anything the the pettiest shit look at look at all the wars that louis the 14th did oh my god it's so bad you're gonna have to school me on that because i gotta go back and look at my look at my history there (laughs) oh it's just like uh, just uh, that time period in europe i was just like all the kings of everywhere were, were related and so they would do like a petty snide thing to the other king of like like the king of Spain was related to the king of France and he Even did some petty shit. Look at he the, started look at, a war. Yeah. Look at the shit that's going it's, on with Russia and the Ukraine. That seems petty as fuck to me. It's extremely petty, but it's extremely, that's it, done out of fear. Yeah. Uh, Russian fear. Yeah. Either um, way, it's, it's, I get the, we regardless, under, I get, yeah. it's not, but like, it is dumb. <laughs> that, people, but, that people have to suffer for the will of one person essentially yeah by the will of, like people die by the will of others that will never go away because people want a leader and people want to be led because they don't want to do it themselves and i think, I think and, up to, and knowing that it's up to you like what we're talking about it's up to you to be to not be that to to train yourself and to teach yourself to do your part to now that you have the kind of wherewithal and the the knowledge and the the awareness to not be that way, that is your responsibility. Yeah. yeah. So the um originally in the original, going back to your initial uh, thing with the lyrics, that whole song stemmed from a lecture that Joseph Campbell did, and in the initial track layout hmm. of Kill Grid, I started. We started that song with with a quote like a recorded quote from Joseph Campbell that um, basically explains the song before the song starts. Can you tell me, do you know what, do you remember it? <sighs> Not off the top of my head. Mm. Um, oh, where, Oh, where is the gods? Like the, I'm the servant of the gods. The gods live within oneself or something like that. Mm. 
So it's like, it has nothing to do with like some other perpetual being. It has to do with you. Yeah. So the idea that there's a God, you are God. Alan like, Watts, my dude says you are the fabric and structure of existence itself. You come to that realization. Yeah. You are like, you're God. So the idea that there's some fucking deity is absurd. And like literally humanity made it up in its, in its head for its own survival. So I guess it has a place in, in necessity, but at the same time, we all have to like, you know, put on the ego mask and be like, yeah, like that's a thing. Yeah. And <laughs> that's Opi- a real opiate, thing. Opiate of the masses and for comfort and all of that. Yeah, just to, to 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 kind of like smooth over all the rough patches. Like I get it, but it doesn't exist. Like it's it is beneath oneself to believe that someone else is doing something for you. They're not. You are. Yeah. Like and like in my own experience, yeah, I'm living proof of that. <laughs> this is like, not. Sorry, go ahead. I just thought of something funny, but go ahead. <laughs> No, go good. No, no. What is no, it? no. This is this is not. I don't know why this popped into my head, but all I can think of is the 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 guy, the bowling guy, who's like, "Who do you think you are? I am." <laughs> exactly. No, I think of that all the time. <laughs> I I want to start that song off with "Who do you think you are? I am." But that in that split moment, that dude got it. Like he, he understood, and that like rel <laughs> that revelatory state gave him like a revelation of like I'm God. <laughs> like yeah. Not in the way that you really think, but yeah, you're not in, yeah, not in crap. a not in a lording any power over anybody else. Not in, sense. A, bro- yeah. not in a brooding bowler sense, but uh, yeah, you're kind of on the right track. Like it's cool to think about. Yeah, it's just fun. It's but, a it's a fun way to phrase kind of what was on his mind at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, you were gracious again, gracious enough to send me all the lyrics from War Remains, which is so sick. And the album, just by the lyrics alone, and the first single is going to be so sick. I could just tell Uh, there's definitely a lot to talk about on it because I think this is an incredibly philosophical record. So everybody should please go listen to it. Extremely, extremely philosophical. And please read the lyrics to it. I know sometimes that if there's one thing that tends to fall by the wayside, you know, as metal people, we love the riff and I love a good riff as much as the next guy, but please read the lyrics too, because they're super cool. Um, You know, there's a line, there's a song called Avarice on it. You know, it's a song about reckless greed, which is, a, you know, the cause of a lot of the world's ills from, you know, we talked about the power of individuals and people suffer at the will of individuals. But you say the line and this is, you know, we've been talking a lot about Eastern religion. You know, there's no desire without fear. And there is that famous quote by the Buddha that talks about the middle path between fear and desire, you know, and that's the yes. path to walk in life. That's you know, what that is. Are you are you yourself? Are, I mean, I, I guess the answer is probably yes. Do you believe in this wisdom? Do you, do you try to eliminate a sort of desirelessness in your life? Yeah, I do. And it uh, it pisses a lot of people off because I'm just like, I kind of don't care. Like, I don't I, I don't want for much. I want I mean, I, I, I need for some I don't want for a lot. Like in terms of the band, like we've we've done everything like since even though, since I was a kid. Like we've done damn near everything that I've ever wanted to do as a, like a musician. It's insane. And just being like, what do you want? You're just like, dude, I don't, I don't want anything. And if you could, if it all gets taken away from me, a la stoicism, I'm fine. I I did the damn thing. Yeah. You are, 
Yeah, it's the it's the it's the quote that I I know Ryan Holiday says. I think it's from I don't know if it's from Epictetus or who, but he talks this about the story about how the the nice lamp was stolen. I think I told I think I talked about this previously on the podcast, but he had this beautiful lamp and it was stolen from him. And people asked when it was stolen, people asked him why he wasn't upset. He was like, I never really owned it anyway. It was never mine to begin with. Like we're just yeah, kind of stu- nice. we're we're stewards of things, you know, stewards of things. Yeah, it's nice to have a nice thing, but it doesn't like propel me forward to get the nice thing or like that's the object of my desire is the nice thing. It's not the nice thing. Like the object of my desire is to just experience more and to like a sponge, just soak in as much as life's like experience as possible. So I don't really give a shit. Yeah. That's the, Hey, that's a simple way to say it. But you know, I, I again, because I have to, I, I have to, br- I have to bring up Alan Watts again, cause that's my dude. And I, I know I do it every episode. People are probably sick and fucking tired of me doing it, but I'm going to do it again. And I don't care. Cause this is my podcast. Go for it. You're, you're God of this, of this. In one of my favorite here. lectures or pieces of his lectures, you know, he, he starts off with the question. He says, the greater question altogether is what do you desire? And he says, when you come down to the when you get past the, okay, I don't want the, I don't want the material things. I don't want the power. I don't want this. I don't want that. And you reach this kind of certain state of, well, what, then you're just, you're left with, what do I desire? And then you're like, and then you say, I don't know. And then why don't you know what you desire? And he says, there's two reasons why. And one is, I think what you're talking about a little bit is the first reason is you have it. Mm -hmm. You have it. Yeah. You already have it. And the second reason is because you, because you can't know, because you don't know yourself because you never truly can. Damn, that's profound. Okay. So, uh, but, but but those are reasons yeah. why you don't know what you really want ultimately, because well, you you have it or you you don't know yourself because you never truly can know yourself. But I think you can you can try in the sense of I mean this is why meditation is so important for mm-hmm. a lot of people is that you have to and meditation being you know literally anything just just think just sit there and think about stuff. Yeah, you'll feel better at the because <laughs> you'll probably answer a lot of your questions yep. just by thinking about it. Uh, we did this thing in, co- in college called metacognition, where you think about how you think, uh, which is like <laughs> the most mind bending shit. And they would give you like just random prompts. And yeah, tell me about that. To, what does that look like? They would give you a random prompt and you have to write down your your first like 15 second thought. And then you have to go home and study your answers and write about like how you came to that conclusion, how you, how you feel about that. <laughs> like, are you thinking the way that you like want to think or like, are you basing your actions off of just like a, like a gut reaction? Yeah. Do you feel good about like, like, are you comfortable with that? Stuff like that. Like it, it's, it seems like I said earlier, like it, it seems very simple, but it's something that people don't do. Yeah. It's just like examining your inner self. Yeah. That is something that has the potential. I can easily see to split you wide open, you know, like to really like mm-hmm. reve- reveal some deep things that you've never yeah. thought about. And from it, and I do it every day. I'll just sit and think and just like, you know, I love sitting on the porch outside. So I, I used to love winter and now I fucking hate winter. Because uh, I can't just sit on. The I'm getting porch. to that point. I'm getting to that point too. I'm yeah. I'm so sick of the 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 gray cold. I'm just I'm ready for. I'm not yeah. even that big of a fan of spring. I'm just but I'm just ready for sun. You know. Yeah, I just want. I just like. I don't want to wear 17 layers just to be out, even if it is a sunny day, just to like sit there and just 
ponder <laughs> ponder the universe <laughs> in isolation and think about things like that it's like well remember that one time you did you know this happened and then that's how you responded think think about how you were thinking did that work like was that the best approach yeah. and like it all helps to build a better mind it's not you know subversive i don't think in any no, way not at all i, I think it, it, it's going back to stoicism it's a huge tenet of that like journaling examining your day every single day mm -hmm. examining what you did how you acted you know how you behaved what you said and thinking about that reflecting and writing it down and then you have that as a record for yourself to kind of look back on right and i use that time to to honestly write a lot of the the lyrics for enforced because i'll be kind of hung up on something and i was like there's got to be something to that if it keeps reoccurring and then i'll start doing research about it of course there's tons written in you know psychology for jung and campbell and uh james hillman and stuff like that that you're just like oh this is a thing like oh I, there's so much so many resources i can better understand myself mm -hmm. and better understand the like the, the conflicting nature i have or the paradoxical nature that i have within myself it all leads to self-fulfillment and knowing thyself far better to a degree to the point where you can kind of i wouldn't say assume but like if you have really close friends that you hold very closely to you and you know them so well you can kind of like okay i can really understand where your mind's going yeah. when you make you know when this happens and you do this i i see i understand you better so the self-reflection extends outward my, my branching off thing was because you were talking about all these figures and first of all know thyself love that you said that the Del one of the delphic maxims it's definitely a tattoo i want the delphic mm -hmm. maxims tattooed on me it's somewhere at some point but irrelevant to this but um talking about people we we have these people that we we have guided us that we've discovered do you believe that these are you know people like jung joseph campbell for me like alan watts marcus aurelius that these are mm -hmm. enlightened individuals that have kind of like hit on this kind of like you talked about this, like the depth, I forget the, the Jung phrase or kind of like this underlying fabric of like what is or just like the, the way that reality actually exists. I don't even know how to phrase it because it's kind of it's kind of a complicated concept. But do you think that these people are what you would consider enlightened or do you think that they're basically just like us and they just are kind of they're tapped into something in a certain way? I'm not even really sure how to phrase it, but you kind of understand what I'm kind of getting at here. Yeah, they're just they're just curious. Like they're they just want to know something else because what they know sucks like <laughs> what they see yeah. isn't they just know instinctively that this doesn't feel right and that's just a gut instinct of just like there's got to be something more to this and then they start deep diving and they realize oh wow like there's this whole thing and, and uh, Jung calls it the uh soul of the depths yeah that's what it what was you're referring to it's just the like i don't know if i'm using pathos correctly but it's like this underlying thread for humanity that keeps it around and keeps it going and keeps it surviving and keeping it thriving and progressing it's not like it's not run that's, by one yeah. person that's why it's, it's run by like us the the collective mind 
that's what propels us forward is our imagination and our fantasy of like just the cultivation of our own divinity in a way. Yeah. My girlfriend said something yesterday that made me think of it. It's that old adage you hear, like used to hear it in the nineties all the time. Now they're kind of like answering all of it, but it's like, I wish there was a thing that could X and that someone's going to make a gajillion dollars off of that question. Or like, I wish there was a thing that did that. Like, yeah, it, don't worry, it'll happen. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, yes, that's that, but that's the collective brain because someone that you don't even know had thought had the same thought and was like, wait, I think I can, I think I can make that. It's and a, then they made it, and now you you prosper off of it's it. It's that amazing. It is that amazing, and that is divine in a way. It's the divine of if we are all divine and we all are God in the fabric of existence. There's infinite potential. You know, there's infinite mm-hmm. potential in us. You know, both for quote unquote evil, whether you want to label it that or not good and evil, but it just is what it just is. It will, it will kind of like manifest itself through different expressions, but it's kind of this, it's the beauty of infinite potential. It is that beautiful mystery of that, I guess. Yeah. You you unlock, like you unlock the infinite by kind of losing yourself, which is the greatest gift the mind can ever give you. Amazing. Um, And, you know, I want to, this is kind of taken the the cheap way out, not cheap way out, but, you know, going through all the lyrics in, in War Remains, again, without giving anything away, because I know you, you could keep things because it hasn't released yet, but if people are going into this record, because I mean, I could summarize it, what I interpreted it at, but I want it to come from you. Like, what are the deep questions that you're asking and the and the philosophical concepts that you are really, that were aching at you or gnawing at you when you wrote this album as a whole? Cause I know we talked about that one song, but I know, and I know everything's different, but what are the, if you were to summarize it just for like, if you are interested in asking this question or finding out what I think about this question in the world or internally thinking about something, you know, what are those things as a whole for war remains? The dissected answer would be, uh, look at the album cover of Kilgrid and then look at the album cover of War Remains. War Remains is basically a zoomed in version of Kilgrid. It's, you know, a nuclear explosion of skulls and, you know, all this, uh, like the city, like laid to ash. War Remains is a zoomed in version of what's actually happening on the ground. It is the consequences of the actions. It's the consequences of the actions. So. Oh. For War Remains, it revolves, I hate to use the word revolves because everything about the whole album is very cyclical or like opposites constantly, like a magnet, like opposites are attracted and right. Like you talk about, like, for example, you talk about the prison system on the record, like you're seeing the human suffering of the people that are in our broken prison system for, for just one example, if you're into kind of dissecting that a little bit for people who are interested in maybe um, probably inconsequently, but like I I didn't, I, if I did, I didn't mean to, but at the same, I, I, I meant it in the same, in the sense that you're it's like the butterfly effect. Like your minor action today could lead to mass incarceration. Like, yeah. You, you don't, and you simply don't know. Yeah. And and it should it's, lead to further introspection. The like, unknowing, yeah. Should, the unknowing consequences of things. Yeah. Are you talking about the the song quickness, the quickening? 
quickening and i th and also on the first the first track too which is i have it right up here aggressive, aggressive menace. menace yeah just, just talk about bitter that... hands broken on the bars t t tensions build iron slams at evasion i just you know yeah. maybe that's just surface level me reading it that way and imprison me i'll no, make a home I mean, exile me that's, yeah that's the uh, well the stoic thing the, the stoic portion is at the end like i don't need it yeah like yeah. i don't need a body i don't need my body i don't need a place to live like you can actually kill me and i probably care less but aggressive menace is referring to the harlan ellison uh short story i have no mouth and mouth, i must scream. scream okay okay that whole that whole like the lyric uh hate played its role no more i simply am yeah like a, a m aggressive menace i didn't that, even that pick up time. on that that's cool as hell though uh, yeah see it sneaks by you it's cool <laughs> i worked really hard on that one uh, I love that. I love that uh, short story. And I just got my uh, girlfriend to uh, read it. And she was like, it's fascinating. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's just about being like humanity hating itself so much that you become imprisoned in that hate. And then that hate turns into something that you can't control anymore. Like you're, contr you're governed by an artificial intelligence's hate, which has nothing to do with you. It's programmed yeah. hate. It's taken. Uh, it's taken on a, uh, a an existence of its own, in a sense. Yeah, and it fucking hates you. And you're just like, well, there's nothing I can do about that. Like, yeah. you have to just be like, all right, like, do whatever you want. Because so I think it, it, it's definitely if, if you're interested in kind of, as opposed to a macro level, you're going to a micro level, really. Uh, well, uh, I think Kilgrid is very macro. Yeah, that's what I mean. And, like going from the macro is, to the micro. The, yes. Yeah, and War Remains is very micro. It's very close quarters combat, like in comparison to just like a, you know, a carpet bombing. It's this is this I don't this is a horror this is a hor horrifying quote, but it makes me think of that Joseph Stalin quote where he says the death of millions is a statistic, but the death of one man is a tragedy. Yeah, sense. it's yeah. Th that's always you know that's kind of a guiding force uh, for a lot of it. It's just like I, I hate to like break it down and be so like meticulous, but like you you do you okay. Man. I, but it's just like okay this is like the opening debut i wanted to appeal to as many people as possible and must be macro and then the second one comes out you're just like okay this one has to be more micro because whoever i caught in the net from the first one will like this too but it'll be far more like nuanced and then the third one is going to be even more nuanced. Yeah, you're flipping the you're flipping the lenses on the microscope closer and closer and yeah, going closer. Like that's that's kind of the point is to kind of zero in on, I guess, human suffering as a whole. Yeah, like, I I don't want to be it. I don't want it to be so generalized all the time that it appeals. But to it's everybody. a it's a fast. It's one of the most fascinating the questions. It's one of the most fascinating questions that never ceases to make me think and like make me constantly question and want to learn and, and understand other people's points of view. So, I mean, in that sense, like guys, please check it out. It's super fucking cool. I mean, when it comes out, it's not out till April 28th, but then when it comes out, please buy it like ASAP. Oh, and there's, 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 uh, let's see. There's a single it's February. What, what day is it now? February, February 13th, 13th. There's going to be a single on the 27th and another single on March 27th. Get and it? Like there's there's more there's more going on. Get it, guys. Um, so we like you're going to hear more of it and more lyrics will be released and there's a lot involved with all of it. But yeah, like tying back in, 
uh, to uh, the War Remains album as a whole. Like, there's some subjects that like don't. There's one song in particular that is one of my favorites, but it doesn't apply to the rest of the album. And in that sense, I'm not totally sold on it. Hmm, interesting. But it's also, but it's also my favorite. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, no. Well, because well, because I don't. I I I have never like in you know growing up in hardcore bands and punk bands and metal bands and all this stuff like i rarely ever talk about any about myself it's all about like the world around me or the world as it's going to be projected like that forward. ego you love to see it. yeah i don't i don't want to talk about me like i don't find myself all that interesting but there's a track called mercy killing fields that is basically about me like potentially having to pull the plug on my cousin and or there's a there's a nicer way to say that instead of pull the plug but um the do not resuscitate order essentially the, the, yeah the a dnr yeah and i never had to do that before and i was very uh stoic about it i'm being like yeah i'll do it no problem quick like very quick to be like yeah i'm i'm a stone like i I won't i won't have to think about it too much like i know she needs it and she's gone like i'll do it because no one else would and so she ended up waking up and i was like oh well dang i'm really glad i didn't do it but then two days later, she like fell down like a bunch of stairs and died. Oh my God. It's just like, well, maybe I should have done it. It's a dark thought. Like I would have, like I would have given her some grace, you know? Yeah. That's, that's an incredible story, incredibly emotional story. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it is, it is a perfect, it's a dark thought. It's a like, perfect, it's just, a, it's but, just a messed up fucking thing. But in a sense, it's a perfect reflection of the sense that yes, we are all divine, but you're also human and both are, both are, are coexisting at the same time. And I mean, that's kind of one cool thing yeah. that you do, that you can pull from Jesus and Christianity is the, the, the coexistence of the human and the divine within someone at the same time and how that is not a contradiction. You know, Rumi, one of my favorite uh spiritual poets he says life is life is not this or this life is this and this like it's not one thing or the other it is both coexisting simultaneously and that's kind of again that beautiful mystery of things but it's it's hard to think about and it, again you said it can get dark but it that's kind of a thank you for sharing that first of all it's very emotional and but it's a yeah. it is it is a poignant kind of a magnification on that facet of of existence that you know both human and divine at the same time the the divine part perhaps was you know i know that this is in a sense that this is the right thing to do objectively and you know this loved one of mine is not going to have a life in the sense of what what life really should be all about and means to its fullest mm -hmm. existence but you know at the same time it's the it's there it's the you know fear will never kind of entirely be shaken off you know things that we've talked about fear and these very human things won't be shaken off entirely but you do the best you can to wrestle with it and to 
internalize it in yourself in a way that yeah. you can channel it into something positive and for growth. Yeah. The, the, like, that's why I say like hope is a dirty word. Cause it's like, man, I would have never wanted to be in that situation in the first place. And I hope she gets better. It's, it, it's not going to happen. So I, I made the, you know, made the decision in my head to do it. And then it not um what's the word what's the phrase not coming to pass it, it, it didn't come to pass yeah <laughs> and it ended horribly when it didn't have to uh that it was just kind of like hope fucking sucks yeah there like, is a re- there is a reckoning so, there there's a re- there well there's judgment there yeah like there's a, a fight between justification and judgment like you can be justified like trying to justify yourself is i think is a fruitless act because you can't you can't put yourself back into the shoes that you were already in you can't step in the same river twice it's a very yeah it's a very it's a very this is this is going to come into the ending section i'm curious about your answer it it gets into those one of my other favorite questions i ask people is you know the the what they believe in fate or free will you know was this all faded were the actions that you took and the actions that happened to the followed were was it like you said things just are it just is was it faded i mean you can even if you don't mm-hmm. word it that way or is it like is are is that something you reckon with because you're like i had this moment that i had to take into my own hands and it was my will to not do it but then you know that, that those gray areas in between there you know there's a i mean the spectrum between white and black is littered with different grays yeah so i mean i yeah it's it's something that i think about all the time like that situation i'm just like did like should i should i have been more gung-ho about killing my cousin yeah like, think about that yeah <laughs> like, that that is a that's that's, that's a that's... heavy yeah, it's a it's a heavy topic. Extremely tough um, to 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 wrestle with, and I I admire so, you extremely for verbalizing that on the record and for talking about it here. I really, again, yeah, thank you for I, it, opening it's, up. It's not it, well. I mean, I'm I'm always happy to talk about it. The more I talk about it, the better I feel about it. But the uh, but like the human aspect of it of just like no, you can't, you can't do that. I'm just like, but I have to that's that's yeah. the like that's what stops people from you know signing off on on a dnr is like you have to take that step and and, and i internalized it or thought about it and i was like dude going back to the macro i was like i can't i, I know for a fact i cannot be the the only person in this world who has had to sign off on a family member you know passing yeah uh this is a very like especially like post-covid i'm sure a lot of people had to and it's a really dark and really heavy thing to like kind of process and deal with but i can't i can't i know i can't be the only one it's the dualistic nature of love you should you should, I was like, you should do, like, you need to, you need to write this down because it's the one time that you feel the need to write it down because yeah. it's both personal, it, it's private and public at the same time. 
you're exploring, you're, in a sense, you're exploring the dualistic nature of of a decision that, of decisions that come from love and how love interacts with things. You were you were you were thinking out of love, not just you kind of the stoic kind of how you hold yourself, but in a certain degree of love, you know, of disconnecting of of the DNR of of implementing that right away, because again, you know, like you know, it, there's there's no life you know, for, that you had known at the time, you know, you don't want the, someone's suffering to prolong. That's a sense of love, but also the hesitation because I love this person and I don't want to see them leave me. Go. Yeah. I don't want, I don't want them to go. They have a, and granted, like I wasn't terribly close with this person, but it fell down to me by sheer ease because the, the closest of kin was very far away. And we're like, yeah. hey, could you could you do this? And I was like, okay. It's like the very stoic, cold, you know, decision making. Yeah. But with this very warm humanity yeah. behind it. And so empathy driven. It felt it, it felt like a like an undercooked microwave meal. It's like it's hot in certain places, but very cold in the center. Like, Human, yeah, like, humanity and humans are complicated. That's that's a hot pocket, man. Like <laughs> We're as complicated as a hot pocket. It's a hot po- and not very complicated. <laughs> Used to heat it up enough. But I, I think it's a beautiful yeah. story because, again, I think you you are unknowingly. I know it's this touching on this very distinct moment in your life of doubts and fears and questionings and reckonings and, but. Mm-hmm. You're, you are unknowingly exploring a lot of questions that people can come will come to ask about moments like this you and know? hopefully they ask about themselves and like things that they're uh, i mean i don't know what your interpretation of a lot of the songs were but like did you feel that there's a sense of like being uncomfortable? Oh God. Yeah. I mean, like, one of the questions that you had already a- answered, I didn't ask it was about like the innate nature of humans towards violence, whether that's, you know, always going to be biologically baked into our DNA, no matter how many moral mm-hmm. changes and, you know, mass kind of spiritual growth that we have. And that right. your answer was yes. And that's a, that's a deeply disquieting thought. I mean, it's a deeply yeah, uncomfortable it's... thing to think about that you can't help it. <laughs> like that it, it, it's no matter what it, happens like you know because i'm an opti- i'm an optimistic person i am a very hopeful person i always see the best in people and i i that and that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the larger topic or a question of violence in human beings but i always want the best but you know in my mind maybe i am a naive in the sense that i i view the best possible outcome is sometimes i fall into the and you probably you listen to the keith buckley episode we talk about absolute moral good and absolute moral evil and sometimes i fall yeah. into the the ideas of of thinking that way and then i go yeah. back and forth yeah. on it and i'm like i don't know and you know it's it's a disquieting thought to think of like well there really is an evil in the way that you i would there really define isn't. it that way you yeah. know that that like listening to that episode i i was like okay like i find this interesting but i also like you know i totally disagree like, yeah that's the cool there is thing no though absolute, you know there is no absolute like you're putting morality on genetics and dna like you yeah. can't you can't do that yeah there's um, a there's a great by the way if you haven't read it i'm i'm just starting it but there's a great sam harris book called the science of morality too which kind of looks at a biological level for how damn we, that sounds sick how, how yeah, we kind I'll, of I'll uh, how we uh form form and forge our morality 
which is really cool. So there's my book recommendation for you. But yeah, so it, yeah. All, there's a lot of disquieting thoughts. That that one particularly stuck out to me because of those reasons I mentioned, because of who I am as a person. Yeah, I mean, a lot of War Remains, like the album, not the song. Um, a lot of the album deals with dark thoughts. Like, I mean, what better way to express unsettling things than metal music? Hell yeah. So, Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> I'm just presenting the question. Like, I don't, I don't have the answer. That's why I'm presenting the question. Like, this is what's going on in my head right now. And it sucks. <laughs> like, there's, there's it's be- terrible. Yeah, and there's beauty in just asking the question. I've said that before, too. But I think people need to realize the, the, the beauty in just asking the question, you know, mm-hmm. even if it has no answer. You know, it's a profound kind of thing all on its own. And the fact that you're doing yeah. that so much is amazing. Yeah. And like, just to, since I know ultraviolence is already out there, I wrote that in like 15 minutes, like just sitting on the porch. Like it just came, it just like, it just made sense to me. And like, when I like wrote it and then I read it back and I was like, no edits. Like I was just like, where the fuck did that yeah, come from? Some, something channeled through you. You were channeling I, something. I, I'm, I, I find, I find you it, tapped like, into the soul of the depths, I'm my so, friend. I'm so I'm so confused by it because it was just like I, I don't fully understand what it means, but I love it. Like I don't. It's like it straddles like what Jung says. Like like yeah, the the depths of just like between sense and nonsense. Beautiful like, mysteries. Like beautiful mysteries the, of life. The uh, the uh, connection between logic and absurdity. It's just there. And you're just like. Oh my God! Like, did I just nail it? You did just. Like, I think you. I think you nailed I it. I just nailed it. <laughs> I think you nailed it. You know what? And I. I, I want to. I really want to get to this because I. I am excited. This brings us to our final two segments of the show. So first up is oh, yeah. tomes of wisdom, where each guest recommends us three pieces of media that have inspired them philosophically or spiritually in the last year. This can be books, films, games, comics, anything that has made you think about your own life or life in the world in a different way. So. Knox, what are three pieces of media you've consumed that you would recommend for us to digest? And I have a feeling I know what one of them is going to be. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll recommend just it's called The Red Book by Red Carl Book. Jung. Okay. Um, he's a he was a psychologist that, you know, worked and expanded the field tremendously. And The Red Book is about him talking about very personal and private things, something that a psychologist does not do. And he basically debunks psych- psychology, <laughs> the field in which he works. Nice. Um, second uh, would be, oh, man, I would say I have no mouth and I must scream. That's I, I probably listened to it. Like there is a YouTube video of Harlan Ellison, the author, reading it on YouTube because there was a an audiobook that someone else did and he fucking hated it so he's like delete that shit i'll do it <laughs> it is frenetic and fantastic it is scary like because he sounds like a psychopath it's the definitive way to hear like read the book like don't do it don't even do it with your own head you're gonna get it wrong <laughs> um so he did it and it is bonkers you're, you sound like you're listening to like the most freaked out, scared, cold, and naked person like ever. That's cool. Uh, 
it's insane it's insane um the other piece of media i would say would be this sounds ridiculous and i don't mean it to be uh metal gear solid five doesn't so dude is, you're talking you're talking to a a huge a huge not huge i'm not on twitch or anything but a you know, a lifelong gaming fan. I, I am a, I am well versed in the wisdom of Hideo Kojima games. My oh friend. my god, his well, because you know, like it all divulges or like cruxes upon the use of language and language dominance and siphoning out or snuffing out other cultures and other peoples based just based on language, which is an interesting thought. So please play that game and read as much as you can about it because it's very 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 deep that dude's been a fucking anyway. fucking ahead of the curve for decades i think yeah and i think he has a good point uh that the world would lose a lot if there was a dominant language which is easy for me to say speaking english like the world and humanity would lose a lot if we lost all of our languages. Take away the richness of the tapestry, you know? Yeah, yeah. There needs to be other languages. There needs to be other peoples. There needs to be a diversity. Making it all uniform, we would lose everything. The erasure of culture. I mean, we see it already in a lot of aspects. Yeah. Finally, this is the segment that I like to call the chaser. In the chaser, we ask the same 10 rapid fire questions for each guest, and we ask that they keep their answer to 30 seconds or less. Are you ready, Knox? Mm-hmm. Do you believe in fate or free will and why? Fate, because we're pretesting to bigger and better things, and it's not about you, it's about everybody else. What is a stronger force in the world, love or hate and why? Hate, uh, it, and sour every thought or ideal of love. Who are the three most important spiritual and moral guides in your life and why? Carl Jung, whoever wrote the Tao. Uh, Lao Tzu. And Lao Tzu. Um, that just means teacher, though. It's not even it's not a name. Um, George Patton. Nice. What was the most spiritual place for you where you grew up and why? And this doesn't have to be like literally spiritual. It can just be a place that had a lot of power to you that you just didn't know how to kind of put into words. Uh, okay. Uh, two are pretty even. Um, Minneapolis, Minnesota and Taipei, Taiwan. Um, both about 20 years away from each other uh in minneapolis i had probably one of the most ideal midwestern childhoods you could ever ask for and i look back on it very fondly uh, i had the most stable upbringing ever and so i can't deny that yeah. uh taiwan uh for the sense of I, I wasn't needed here. I didn't want to be here. I didn't feel like I needed to be here in Virginia. So I, I had to leave and do live a completely different life. Uh, if if the cards were landed differently, I would still be there right now. What is the most delicious meal you've had in the last month and where was it? Lurofan. Uh, Lurofan is a, a, a Chinese dish uh, that is basically a minced and boiled pork stew over mm. white rice uh with mushrooms and and uh pickled vegetables or uh picker pickled mustard greens um and i found a an asian market that uh sells that uh, as a frozen dish hell yeah that sounds good as it's hell impossible it's impossible to find 
without going to like actual Taiwanese restaurants, which of course there are none in Virginia. Yeah. Uh, the closest one is in uh, New York. Damn. Well, so to you... get that in a, a frozen meal, I, I bought seven of them and I ate all seven in like three days. Uh, when was the last time you felt lost? Probably June of last year. We're in Europe. Uh, we played a show and that's when I found out that my company that I worked for had gotten bought. And so when I got back, I worked for a different company, something that I had, I knew nothing about. Uh, so that was very confusing. And we also played like kind of a weird bunk show. So that was kind of disheartening. And I was also, I had, I hadn't met my girlfriend yet at the time. So I was just like, there is no, there is no one <laughs> that get that, that like, I felt very unlovable. Mm. I was just like, the UK hates me. Like, apparently I didn't get, do good enough on my job. Like, cause I'm getting my, my work life is changing and I also have zero love life. So I was just like, this is not good. You're like, I'm batting uh, zero here. I'm batting negative zero. Like, it's just ugh, like this, this is dark. Um, but I was but you're here now it. and look where, look I, was where able, you're at now. I was able to change it around in less than a year. So hell yeah. You love to see it. You love to see yeah. it. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's really nice. Do you think the universe bends towards order or towards chaos and why? Chaos. Uh, chaos is the order. There's no delineation between the two. It just it deals with your perception of the chaos or, or the order. Um, you as a human you want everything to be structured and organized like innately uh but when things are working at random that is the order of which things work is random it's the only so, way it can right it's the only way it can work so there the the order of the universe is chaos what is the most important piece of your childhood that you've held on to and why and this can be something physical or it can be like an emotional tenant i am not uh, attached to anything uh, from my youth uh, so I don't have like yearbooks or you know toys or anything like that that I hold on to but I do have old photos just a handful maybe like four or five a couple old photos of me as a kid and when I was a kid I had platinum blonde hair like nice. a big shock a big shock of it was just it just poofed out like a super saiyan like a shock of platinum blonde hair. And those photos are very, uh, again, introspective, but also grounding. Nice. What is, what is one axiom or quote that centers you and calms you in dark times? Uh, it goes back to the uh, conversation that we spoke about earlier between John Campbell and a yogi, where he asked the question, like, is all this chaos and all this violence and all this bad is that good and the yogi replies uh it must be so to everyone who has ever been touched by your words and music what do you say uh let me know because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't feel i don't feel that it's like really like i feel it might be like come off like too complex or like too dark or too what's the word like too I, I don't even want to say deep because that just sounds like everyone's stupid. And that's not, the, that's not what I'm trying to say. 
if you have any questions about anything, please hit me up by all means. Like I will explain it to you. Like uh, I would love, I love talking to fans and I love talking to like uh, admirers or people who just have questions and probably hate fucking music. Like I'll talk to anybody. Knox, you have just engaged in psychic warfare. Thank you so much for joining me today. It truly means the world. Dude, I feel like I went through psychic warfare after that. (laughs) That was fun. That was fun. That was great. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening to Psychic Warfare. If you like content like this for the rock and metal scene, it would mean a lot to me if you could hit subscribe or follow on your podcast platform of choice. Also, you can follow me at Risk with a K on Twitter, and you can follow the show at Pod on Twitter and Psychic Warfare Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you guys again for all the support, and I will see you in the next episode for another round of Psychic Warfare.